Welcome to another edition of Down the HR Rabbit Hole, brought to you by Crescent HR and Crescent Payroll Solutions. My name is Sanders Offner, and I am the president of CPS. Very excited about today's podcast. Uh, this one's kind of unique. We have a special guest today, but um, someone that's obviously familiar with the company. So uh, what we expect out of today is some, some intriguing content, some good conversation, and good perspective. So uh, before I do that, before we introduce our guest, I would like to introduce uh, Philip Carrillo, who is our HR advisor for Crescent HR. Welcome, Philip. Thank you very much. How are you doing today? I'm very good. I'm very happy to be here. And um, my next task on the agenda is to introduce our guest. Um, and so I won't keep you all in suspense any longer. He is our very own VP of Finance, Justin Foray. And he is here to discuss something that every business owner should think about, um, especially in the early parts of the year when you're thinking down the road uh, ahead of where you want to be. So without further ado, Justin Foray, tell hey us a little about yourself. Uh, a little bit about myself. Um, joined Sanders back in 2013. Uh, back then it was he and I in a, about a 200 square foot room and we were licking and sealing envelopes and delivering them all ourselves. That was fun. That <laughs> it, was, uh, it was interesting times. So it's fun to see um, where we were and where we are. Um, normal guy uh, with a whole bunch of kids. So there's there's five of them all together. It's something a little bit unique. You don't see families quite as large as mine. Um, all same wife, you know, range from <laughs> 12 to two. Um, it's It's been fun. That's excellent. You said something that I um, will allow to couch um, the, the purpose of this particular episode, which is that you started in a one little room, 200 square foot room, and you've come a long way. And my guess is you haven't come all this way without a real clear vision, without a strategy for achieving that vision, with clearly articulated goals and milestones that you wanted to hit along the way. And that is the purpose of this episode. We're talking today about how businesses get from A to Z and um, how you go about planning and leading. Yeah, I, c I can tell you one thing, and I know we'll dive into a little bit deeper with some questions, but um, it, it didn't start that way, just like a lot of businesses didn't. We had a general idea of, of the direction we wanted to move in and we kind of figured it out. You know, there was a, a point in time where we kind of stopped everything and said, hey, we need some more structured organization. I need to think about these other things. But um, when when you don't have two, two nickels to rub together, you just run as hard as fast <laughs> as you can and, and pray that you get there. Right. But I, I you know, I can I can definitely speak to that. I think our shift in this business was when he and I realized that without a good plan and strategy in place, you cannot take it to a to a certain level that you want to get to. You know, I think that's where, uh, you know, a lot of smaller businesses don't you know, they don't have that ability to do that because they think one way. Um, and there's not enough planning or strategy and not enough aligning of goals um, and not enough action. So I think where, where Justin and I have, have, uh, have really excelled there is putting those pieces together and, you know, pushing through and, and hitting those goals. And that's been a, a huge part of our success. That's awesome. It might be helpful to define in your words what you think of uh, or how you perceive what strategy is altogether. I mean, I think a lot of business owners uh, haven't had the, the luxury maybe of going and, and having the time to read books or have, you know, on strategy and to, and to have a real clinical understanding of what strategy is. But how, what does strategy mean to you and how do you apply strategy? You know, strategy for us would be 
you know, when we aligned ourselves, our strategy, our, our, what our goals were, you know, in its entirety with the company, and that started with the employees, you know, and that's, and that's where the HR strategy comes into play. And I think that's why um, every business should have a mission statement and core values, because ultimately, if you start there, um, for us, it was, hey, if we are hiring um, folks that we know fit these core values and believe in our mission, um, that they're going to be the right people to work here. And if you find the right people to work here, then a lot of the work gets done for you. So I think Justin and I can attest to it. We've, we've surrounded ourselves with very talented people, but even more so, they are 100% living and breathing our core values, and they understand what we're trying to do here, not only personally, but professionally. And that's the part of strategy within the business where you have to be able to align your financial goals with your HR goals, and they've gotta be decisive, and they've gotta be able to run on a parallel together. How about you, Justin? How do you perceive strategy? I, I fully agree with what Sanders said. Um, you know, we're a couple of sales guys that decided to run a business, and, and we've morphed and changed as the business has grown. But surrounding yourself with the right people that can can do things better than you can. You know, Sanders and I did a little bit of everything at first, and you know, we were both selling, and we realized somebody needed to pivot. And all right, you do this, and I'll do that. You know, the, the companies just kind of evolve. Um, having a good set of rules on discussing strategy and getting multiple opinions on it has always been probably the most helpful. Um, Sanders and I have the same vision for this company, but we've got slightly different ways on how to get there. So somewhere in the middle is normally the right answer. He wants to go fast, I want to go slow, the, the middle, somewhere in the middle, where we don't always know. That's really excellent. So there are two things that I've uh, picked up out of both of your uh, perspectives there. The first is that uh, you're hiring a lot of smart people. Um, Getting all of those smart people together in a room can be sometimes very tumultuous and it can um, have inherent challenges all in its own that are really unique to the fact that you've got a lot of perhaps type A or a lot of really strong-willed, strong-minded people with clear perspectives. So when you think about strategy um, and how that brings to bear on how people move together. Um, he and I had to be able to narrow our focus and I think that what's helped us there is is organizational structure because you've got to be able to have someone that is in their lane they know their role and they know what the goal is outside of that you're right you're going to have a bunch of smart people in the room all vying for the same mic so to speak trying to voice their opinion but having organizational structure is the key component there and that's what's you know, and I'll let Justin speak to this a little bit about um, EOS. Um, and, and many of you that are listening may or may not be familiar with EOS, but that has been a huge driver of our success with our strategy, with our organizational structure, keeping us aligned, keeping us focused. Um, so, you know, Justin, you, you've done a fantastic job of, of implementing that and integrating that into our business. Can you speak to... Um, how you believe EOS can impact a business as it has done ours? Yeah, um, you know, I was talking at the beginning, we didn't really have a strategy to say with, you know. Um, th there's business plans and business books and all these different things that you can read, and, and I think the key thing is to, to grab one and run with it, just to give you some structure. So we picked up a, um, a book called Get a Grip, that a peer group had referred us to, read it and said, hey, some of this stuff resonates with us. And um, the, the example in, in the fictional 
story that they were saying was a much larger company and we weren't all that big at the time. So we can grow into this. And the nature of it was really just clear, open transparency. It was the, the management of an organization that sat down at a table and had discussions and had fights and had hurt feelings, but it was all an understanding that this is all for the betterment of the business. So even still, we had our quarterly planning session yesterday and we didn't see eye to eye on a topic, but by the end of it, we did. So you sit there and you talk things through and you know that it's for the good of each other and the good of the business that is where this is coming from. So just talking and talking and talking until you figure out what in the heck's going on. That's extremely interesting. That point, I think, is, is precisely what I was trying to get at, which is that uh, you've got a decision-making process that helps you uh, navigate what can be somewhat contentious conversations at times. I mean, when people feel strongly and emotionally about something, uh, it's important to remember and to remind each other that you have a vision, you have your mission, and you have your core values. And as long as those things are guiding you in your conversations, in your decision-making, and so forth, you can always wind up with a solution. There's always a healthy solution for the organization as long as you understand what your organization is about. Well, this this all comes with openness and trust. So you, you gotta you check your ego at the door, and this is for the betterment of the company, and so that way we can progress and hit our goals. So you know you gotta have a you know clear everything, and when you walk in here, this is what our intent is, and you keep that in mind. And if not, you you stop what you're doing, and you need to reset all over again. You know, Philip, I think when when we're talking to our clients or prospective clients, uh, especially around what their HR strategy is, you know, uh, uh, you know, one of the things I think would be relevant to ask is, you know, how is your company currently aligned? You know, is your, you know, is your strategy aligned with your financial and HR goals? You know, so I think that's a way that we could help business owners really get their business to another level, um, not by just, you know, uh, w working on their company handbook or helping them build job descriptions, but really helping them build that overall strategy of HR so that it matches where they want to go financially with the business. Because as you know, part of that HR strategy is making sure that you've got the right people in the right seats from an employee perspective. Because ultimately what drives any business and their success is employee retention can't have rampant turnover and still have a successful business. I don't know where that works. In productivity. So as soon as finance can understand the, the role HR has on the finances of a business, then it, it really starts to make a whole lot more sense and there's buy-in from multiple divisions. Yeah. So it's just a, a better understanding of, of how to look at it. And again, if you can check egos and just have that open, honest conversation, a lot of times you can get to the right answer. Philip, I have a question for you. Um, your perspective as an HR professional you know, what I see, you know, what Justin and I see in our clients and, and business owners that we talk to, we don't always see that the ownership of the business um, may be in line or not in line with what their HR strategy is. And what I mean by that is the owners are trying to make money. You've got the HR professional trying to really keep that people component of their business going, and they're not lockstep with each other. So how does, um, you know, going into the future, how do businesses continually operate, you know, with, you know, I guess my question is, do, do leaders of a company, do they need to have their HR professionals as a part of those big key business decisions because of what the impact is on the employees? Yes, absolutely. I think that it's extremely 
uh, incomplete to have a conversation about where a company is going and not have the person who's responsible for driving your human capital um, toward whatever goal it is that you're going at the table. So for me, I'll give you an example of what this means to me. So as an HR professional in previous positions, I was responsible for everything from making decisions on benefits to making decisions about how performance management was conducted, how, uh, what kinds of systems we used. I mean, I was a decision maker for, for what HRIS we were using. Um, and were I not at the table when the, the heads of the company were making decisions about where they wanted to take the business, I wouldn't know that there was a financial strategy <laughs> respective to the uh, benefits and health and wellness planning. I mean, there's, there's a lot of impact that the benefits have, and if you've got an HR professional making a decision on the benefits without understanding, one, what the financial goals of the organization are, and then two, uh, what, how to leverage benefits in a way that not just meets the needs of the employees, but also creates a brand for the company. That's what I'm talking about. When I, when I say the word strategy, especially from an HR perspective, I'm thinking leveraging everything that the HR professional does in a way that builds on the corporate brand and builds toward the vision of the, of the leaders of the business. Every single decision at the line level can impact how efficiently, how directly one gets from A to that five-year vision. Um, that's my perspective. I mean, I, I can think even of uh, performance management and how, okay, if you're an organization that gets funding to do a particular sort of thing and you're given metrics from that funding organization, they say, we need this many things to happen within this period of time as a department or a, funding, a funded group in an organization. How do you translate that into what the people at the line level are doing? Think about uh, the maintenance person that comes in and prepares the way at the end of the day for the, n for the people to come in the next morning to do their jobs. Everything matters. That's the point of having a, a vision that's clearly articulated for an HR Do person. Would you say yes or no that most companies are aligned with that same strategy? No, I, I think that the, the big glaring missing part here is an awareness of the value of sitting down and planning. The awareness, uh, people don't think of that because it can often be very scary. I think of planning, personally I find planning really horrifying. <laughs> it's not very fun for me because I'm, I'm kind of a go by the seat of my pants kind of guy naturally. However, in business, what I do know for a fact is that there is no, there's, well firstly there's no alignment. Uh, you know, you can't expect smart people to coalesce around uh, a single point or a single direction or a single uh, they, you don't you can't expect everyone to get on a ship if they're not inspired by what it is that you're telling them to do and if you don't even know what you're doing how do you tell people what to do so you have to really have a sense of where you're going which starts with planning okay you know we talk a lot about employee culture you know, it's been a conversation of ours for a while now, and I think, uh, you know, here at CPS, it's definitely something that's very important to us. You know, what what is your advice um, when you're when you're coming in um, as a part of Crescent HR, working with a business? What is your what are you advising around the culture of their business? Is this something that you're that you're easily ferreting out, or do you find that 
uh, there are many businesses that have that don't have any culture. Yeah, I think the norm uh, again kind of goes back to what I was saying a minute ago, which is that there's uh, there's a lot of willy nilly um, when it comes to culture, and part of that is because culture is very abstract. Culture is not something tangible that you can go and grab with your hand and say, "This is who we are. This is what we do." It, culture is something a little bit more nebulous, and so for me, when I'm when I'm meeting with a client for the first time, I ask them all those questions. Do you have a vision for where you want to go? Do you have a strategy for how you're going to get there? Um, have you planned what the what the annual goals are for your business and the milestones that you want to hit? And moreover, if you haven't done that, then surely you don't have a performance management plan. And all of that is really okay because there's a certain point when when you take a bite of the apple and you know, okay, this is something I've got to do. Now you know, now you can't avoid it. Um, so when it comes to culture at a business, I evaluate it first by, you know, uh, you can you can get in there with your heart and you can kind of sense things. But the main thing that you want to do when you're dealing with a with a first-time client who's just beginning to come upon these uh, these new awarenesses about how to run their business is you start looking at the tactical things. Culture is a product of, in my estimation, at least eight different drivers. Those eight drivers consist of multiple things, but I'll mention the highlights. What the leadership team looks like, how they manage, that's a major driver of culture. I think another thing is talent management. And talent management consists of, do they give learning opportunities to their employees? That's learning management. Do they have performance management? Uh, it looks like recruitment. So there are a lot of real tactical things that we can look at to help a company build culture. Culture does not happen magically. Good culture certainly doesn't happen by accident. It is built through an organized vision. And it's also not a free lunch every week. That does not build good culture. A good culture is everything from your policies and your handbook, how you manage performance, to your leadership tactics, your branding, how you talk about your business. It's all of those things. And when I'm working with someone to work on their culture, to build their culture, we're doing it really tactically. I can't say, Let's, we're going to build you a great culture and we're going to be smiley. That doesn't really help. It's really practical work that gets it done every time. Justin, what's your uh, what's your take on, you know, culture and businesses? You know, you you come from a similar background that I do. You know, I, I would say years ago, it's not really something that I paid much attention to when I was working with a business for their payroll HR needs. But how how are we positioning that as a part of our value add with our with our client base and with our prospective clients today? Yeah, you know, everybody wants to deal with the same person; they want to deal with them forever. You know, as much as you can't, you know, say you're going to keep an employee forever, you, you kind of can. You treat them right, and they, they know more, and they build relationships with their clients. And that's what people want. You know, how many times have we run into a prospective client and be like, well, my, my point of contact is changed, you know, every three months. So I have to retell my story. You know, with, with us, with very limited turnover, you know, they form relationships. It's the same person saying the same story. And when they do have a new person because of a promotion or something like that, they're getting the same level of customer service that they're accustomed to. So, you know, if people say they don't care about our company culture, you have to explain to them, you do, and this is why, and this is how. Just because you have good people who are going to take care of you. So when we say we're going to respond back to your email in a certain time frame, they're committing to that because they care about this company. And they all agree to our commitments because this isn't something we threw out there. This is something we all committed to as a group. And I think that's why from a 
from a sales perspective, you know, we continuously talk about that with potential new clients is how do we operate? What is our culture like? What do our employees mean to us? Because that gives that, that, that decision maker a glimpse into how we function as a business, right? Because ultimately, they want to know if we can take care of them. You know, so that is exactly why we say our, our number one asset is our employees. Because if we know if our, our employees are happy and engaged, then that is totally going to translate into a fantastic customer service experience. And that is ultimately why our retention rate has been 98% for the for how many years has it been now? Well, we just don't lose clients. It's been a huge it's been a huge win for us. So, to your point, Philip, your employee culture, your company culture, if if it's non-existent in your business, I don't know how you can be successful. And that is why I tr- I, I truly believe your HR strategy has got to be in line with your financial goals. And you've got to be able to go there together, which is why I think HR professionals need to be involved when you're making you know, big company decisions that involve employees and what they're going to do for you. But the hard thing on top of this all is this is a changing environment. You know, this younger generation coming up isn't going to go up to w- come to work and work hard and, and leave for the day. They want a little bit extra. And that's going to come through different, different HR things. It's going to come through games. It's going to come through... Um, team outings. It's going to come through um, employee development. There's a lot of little things that people didn't do in the past and they didn't have to. But now, if, if you're not doing those, they're, they're going to find someplace that does. It becomes a competitive advantage. And I think you just mentioned something, the employee development and then meaning. We talk a lot about meaning and work. And the best way to have meaning in, in a job is to know how what you're doing, <laughs> firstly, what you're expected to be doing, if you're accomplishing what you're expected to be doing, and then also uh, where you're going with your job. It's um, putting people in the right seats. It's getting to know people, and again, that honesty is key there. So, hey, what do you enjoy? All right, well, the, here's an opportunity to do some of this type of work. So then they're happier doing the work that they enjoy doing. Yeah. Right. Well, that is all the time that we have today. Uh, Justin, thank you for joining us today. Philip, Happy to be here. Appreciate you. Um, you know, this is another great podcast. I think the content's great. If you're listening, you're a business owner, you're an HR professional, this pertains to you. Um, so if we, you know, we'd love to help. If you need help with employee culture or, or understanding what your HR strategy would be, you know, please give us a call. We're here to help. So join us next time. Our next podcast will be in a few weeks. Uh, but thank you, and everyone have a great day. All right, bye-bye.